Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good evening, if you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is the show for you, Fight Night Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, is Talk Sports' Gareth A. Davis for a big, big show today. Coming up on the show, we're going to preview Josh Warrington's fight against Kiko Martinez and discuss whether the winner will face Lee Wood next in a massive unification fight. I've been speaking with Joshua Boatsy, who returns to the ring against Craig Richards. That fight going down May 21st. We're going to hear from Joshua Boatsy a bit later. We're going to get the latest on AJ Usyk in the rematch. Will it happen? We're hearing the date of June is possible. And we're going to look back on the UFC action on the weekend. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Sonny Edwards gets it by unanimous decision. Kiko Martinez, I shared the ring with him five years ago, and uh, I didn't think I'd be fighting him five years later for, you know, for my belt. You know, I never lost that belt in the ring, so um, I can't wait to go. Obviously, it's a good chance for Kiko to silence these demons. He can, you know, come and knock me out, whatever. I'll, I'll be, I'll be ready. I'll be ready on March 26. I see this as an important fight. That's yeah. how I see it. It's, it's, it's for me, it's the most important fight that I'm having right now of my life. So because it's the next one. I'm exactly. I'm no. not putting any weird titles on it. For me, win the next fight, Josh. That's all I have to do. So he's oh, tighter, Michael. Here we go. This could be it. He's done it. Paddy has done it in London. I just put on this AF to do this, lad. Entertain people and beat people up. It's what I do. It's what I've, what I've done for years, lad. Been doing it since I was 15. You know, I want to start backwards if we can, Gareth. Firstly, good evening, Gareth. How are you? I'm a very good evening to you, Eddie. I've just come off the river in Cambridge. Did a little Lomachenko story earlier on about him turning down the uh, multi-million dollar fight in Melbourne in the uh, 
the Marvel Stadium against George Cambosos. I admire him for that. Indeed. Um, there's uh, a little bit of uh, fabulous stuff in your intro there. I'm really not sure that Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk will meet on June the 5th. Um, but I am very good, and we are still rocking along in the combat world. And lovely to hear the voices there of Paddy Pimlet and Joshua Boatsy. Yeah, we are. Um, again, the appetite right now for all and any type of combat sports in the UK is massive. I, I want to start backwards if we can. We did hear the voice of Paddy Pimlet at the end there. You've obviously covered the sport of MMA in this country for, for numerous years. You've, you've gone to so many big events, Bellator, UFC events, Cage Warriors back in the day as well, no doubt. Was that the best MMA event we've seen over here in the UK? Well, I think it was the most rejoiced mm. when you see the scenes of the fans enjoying themselves. And when you look at victories for the likes of, you know, kind of going up with them, um, Hamid Mokayev making his debut and the crowd loving him as he's an adopted Brit almost. Yep. Uh, Molly McCann, Paddy Pimlet, um, uh, who was it? The lightweight, um, Allen, his victory as well. Arnold Allen, brilliant victory against Dan Hooker. And of course, on the top of the card, Tom Aspin Aspinall, uh, the, the, the youngster from Salford, obviously out of the K-Bomb gym as well in Liverpool and, and teammates, stablemates of Paddy and Molly doing his thing against the number seven ranked UFC heavyweight. And that was enormous beating Alexander Volkov in the first round. He looked so composed. He carried the crowd. He made it his. And I think given the, if you add the results, the rejoicing, the fact they hadn't been here for three years, that was their 25th event in the UK, going all the way back to the brawl in the hall in 2002, pretty much the only one I didn't really have any involvement with. That was slightly before my time, but, uh, absolutely phenomenal for the sport mm. um and and it's just absolutely brilliant i mean so brilliant that bellator even announced that they're having events in the autumn already in dublin uh, in the last 24 hours so you know we're rocking and we're rolling here as you said earlier yeah look, dana white after as well called it the biggest fight night ever so look, not, he does do that he does, he does he, do he, that he, yeah you know what dana's like in the immediate aftermath of any event that person's the greatest fighter we've ever seen, and Dana literally yeah, and the does it all the, the time. Yeah, the fans are best pound for pound. <laughs> yeah. and the, you know, <laughs> he does it every single time. But 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 it was worthy of it on Saturday night. Look, I wasn't in the arena. I was back in the studio watching it all live on Talksport. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there. But you know, it was brilliant. And Bisping's documentary, Michael Bisping, the biggest mixed martial arts star from this country, his documentary is out this this week. I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen trailers and snippets, but by all accounts, it's absolutely brilliant. And it tells the rags to riches story of the guy that once did tiling and worked in a slaughterhouse and slept in his car in the snow outside the gym, was friends with Rampage Jackson and has become a big star in the United States and obviously the former UFC middleweight champion, now a commentator, of course. Yeah, Britain's had some fantastic UFC fighters, but I think you said this when we done the show last week, in order for it to really take it to that next level, and this is not disrespect to Michael Bisping and all the others before him, we need a heavyweight. There's something mm. that kind of galvanizes the heavyweight. I mean, the crowd when it's a heavyweight. And in Tom Aspinall, we'll talk about it a bit more. We have one that, I mean, you really could put him in right now with some of the big boys, couldn't you? Definitely. There's no question about it. And for the, the, the reason is, not only is he a brilliant fighter, we don't know if he's elite yet, we don't mm. know if he's world level yet, but he's certainly showing all those tendencies. And I think the great thing for him, which has stopped people in the past, why it, why it took Bisping so long to get to the very top of the sport is the ground game. And he's got a brilliant yeah. ground game. His father 
has been a jiu-jitsu coach all his life. So, you know, that, that makes a huge difference, the confidence he's got. Mm. And, 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 and in heavyweight boxing, one punch can change. In any fight, any punch can change anything. Or an elbow in the case of Molly McCann, I'm sure we'll come to that. But what a knockout that was. Um, that, that basically, um, in, in, with four-ounce gloves, 265-pound men in the heavyweight division in, in mixed martial arts in the UFC – it really only takes a jab to finish a fight. So if you've got the wherewithal to go to the ground as well, he's got it. I mean, he's and and, and I think he the, the most important thing was his temperament. I think Addy on Saturday night, he mm. knew he was against a a wizened um, heavyweight with twice his experience, and 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 he did a number on Volkov, no yeah, he, question about it. Hundred percent. We'll talk about what next for Aspinall. We'll talk more even potentially about the Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman fight as well. I actually saw Kamara Usman in Nigeria a couple of days ago. Huge man, getting very popular out there. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, I want to quickly touch on Sonny Edwards defended his belt uh, in the Middle East. I didn't even know that Probellum were doing a show on a Friday and a Saturday. If I'm honest mm. with you, I didn't realise they were doing that. I actually liked the idea of it. I think it worked. Maybe not for something over here, but, you know, events in the Middle East and wherever else, I think that kind of works sometimes if you've got enough fighters. Definitely. For the Triple Fs out there, the Friday fight fanatics, it's huge. Mm. Um, and uh, it's great to have Friday night fights. Um, it's always. I remember I go back to the days of covering world title fights, people like Billy Schwer on a Tuesday and a Wednesday night at Wembley and the York Hall, very common. You go back even further and, and fights, of course, you know, were, took place um, maybe on a, on a Monday and, or a Tuesday and they weren't shown on sports night on the BBC until a Wednesday late in the evening. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's brilliant how it's evolved. Why shouldn't we have boxing any day of the week? I think great. Wednesday's a great day as well, by the way. 100%. Um, and, and, and the other day, um, you know, 4,000 Polish fans packed into the O2 Arena on a Sunday, uh, dominating the crowd when, uh, when uh, Lawrence Ciccoli defended his WBO Cruiserweight title against Michael Szyslak. I think you were there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I'm, I'm with you. I don't understand why boxing is only on a Saturday uh, when we can really have it Because football's every day, every cricket's every day. day. Listen, I also day. go back, absolutely, and I also go back, to, I don't know if you remember this, but Test Match Cricket used to have a rest day on a Thursday, do you remember? I don't. I know it started on a Thursday, rest day on a Sunday, I think. Then it went on to the Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Anyway, they had a rest day in the middle of a five-day test. <laughs> <laughs> um, big fight this weekend in Leeds, um, Josh Warrington, hoping to claim what he thinks is his belt. And I can understand the narrative about him calling it his belt. He takes on Kiko Martinez, who's having somewhat of an Indian summer. Um, I'm still not sure about Josh. You just don't know. And I'm still not even sure about Kiko. I don't know if that was a lucky punch against Galahad. I think it's rude for me to say that, but I don't. I have absolutely no idea how this fight's going to play out because Josh will still have, I think, scars about that first Mauricio Lara fight. And it wasn't scars that he got over because of the way in which the second fight ended. Well, a lot of people say it's better to be good-looking than lucky, or better <laughs> yeah. to be lucky than good-looking, yeah. rather. Yeah. And look, the only thing that's lucky is winning a lottery if you buy a ticket. Mm. There's no luck involved, I, I think, in boxing. People practice these punches in combat sports. They practice these punches and moves and get put themselves under duress in lots of situations. Kiko Martinez has always given his all. Yeah. He's been a world title contender, I reckon, for about almost a decade um, and he's fought a who's who in the super bantam and featherweight division. You cannot take anything away with him. Kid Galahad was winning that fight comfortably when he knocked him out in the sixth round, or kind of he rattled his arches in the late, late in the fifth, didn't he? And then he did the number on the sixth in the early in the sixth round with the first punch. I don't think we can. I think look, what we do know 
is that these guys have got history. They fought at featherweight in 2017, almost exactly five years ago. Mm. And uh, it was a majority decision that day to Josh Warrington. Now, Kiko Martinez has got a lot of wear and tear, but he's a very, very durable man. Yeah. And he looks ripped at the moment. Oh, by the completely way. shredded. Yeah. yeah, very ripped. Very, yeah. very ripped. Yeah, shredded maybe is the word. And, and but he's on it, like you say, he's on an Indian summer. It's a very apt description whenever he wears 20 degrees today outside. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, Eddie, like, it's a closer fight in many ways because there's more mileage on the clock now of Josh Warrington. I think he's going to have to win it over 12 rounds and be very smart and not get engaged in too many firefights. Kiko Martinez is incredibly tough, um, a granite kind of fighter, and, and he's going to be flying high with confidence. And, and, and Josh would be well advised to watch that big overhand right um, because he's going to be using it. He's going to be trying it. There's no question about it. Really looking forward to it. Phenomenal atmosphere will be created up there in Leeds. Josh is so popular with his home crowd, and it's just going to be massive. Yeah, it really is. Another fight I'm really looking forward to got announced yesterday. Uh, the presser for it was today. I was there for it, and it's Joshua Boatsy versus Craig Richards. I mean, the light heavyweight division is a crazy one. There's at least five or six guys that are claiming to be the best in the country. There, there really is. Yeah, these, not less the world, but the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And these are two of them. Um, it's a South yeah. London derby, if you like, between the two as yeah. well. I love yeah. this fight. I really do. And I'm happy for Craig to get an opportunity on the big stage as well in front of fans. Bivol was behind closed doors. This time, he really gets everything. A press conference, a face-off, he gets a lot. Well, listen, we love Joshua Boatsy, you know, bronze medalist from the uh, Olympic Games in Rio. It's been a kind of a slow burn mm. in, in a way, but also not. Um, I see that, 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 you know, Joshua's doing very well over in the United States and the, he likes it there. He fits in. Virgil Hunter really works for him. Um, I think he's um, doing strength and condition with Remy Corsheny. Mm. Um, and, and like you say, you know, this is a, a division that's not just got um, Joshua and Craig in. You know, there's Anthony Yard, Callum Smith, Callum Johnson, yep. um, Lyndon Arthur, Dan Aziz now as well. He's a, a group a contender now. So you could literally have an eight-man tournament that <laughs> yeah. could run a year and a half. Yeah. And and the big the big thing for all of these guys is we're trying to find out if they're world level and are they elite level. I'm, I mean, I'm not overwhelmed by this fight because these are fights that Joshua Boatsy should be having anyway, frankly. Agreed. I'm glad Eddie Hearn signed it and, and he's got this fight, but it's time for Boatsy to prove himself. It's time, if there was enough money in it, for an Anthony Yard fight. But when one of those two holds a world title, we've got to make that fight. Um, ditto Callum Johnson and... Joshua Boatsy, you know, Lyndon Arthur and Joshua Boatsy, um, Callum Smith, and they're, they're all exciting fights, and they're all fights that we will want to see. Yeah, and let's hope we can we can get them. We, we have seen Yard, Lyndon Arthur now twice. We're getting this one as well. So it finally looks like we are starting to get them all to mix with each other, and that's what we want. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be discussing UFC London, and we're going to hear from Joshua Boatsy as well. But coming up next, we're going to look ahead to Josh Warrington against Kiko Martinez, which goes down this weekend. <laughs> This is a massive opportunity because 
I have that key power back. I've got a title back. That having that belt, just it, it's just yeah right. Well, we'll take a gamble against him. So we're back. March 26, we're back. Welcome back to Final Extra. Josh Warrington will have a chance to be crowned featherweight world champion once again when he faces Kiko Martinez. Let's look ahead to the big fight in partnership with The Zone. Big fight roundup on TalkSport 2 with The Zone. Stream Kiko Martinez versus Josh Warrington live. Plus weekly fights and more with DAZN.com. Let's now hear from Josh Warrington. He spoke with TalkSport's James Savundra and says, having a huge home following can be a both a blessing and also a curse. I used to think it was, um, I used to think it was just that, a blessing and a curse. I used to think it was the both, uh, especially when I was coming through. Um, I'd gone from fighting in small old leisure centres, uh, you know, buses of like 500 coming down. Um, and then I'm, the next minute I'm fighting in like front of 10,000. I was still working a nine to five job when um, I boxed Dennis Taveron and Vinnie Jones did ring walk. Um, there were times where I were having to sneak out on my dinner time. I'll, I take 10 minutes, six from my dinner to do an interview with Oxby and Jacobs on my talk sport because, um, like I said, I was, st- I was still working. And then you're fighting in front of all them fans, but like I say, you, they expect you to win. They expect nothing else. I mean, I'm, I remember fighting for British title at the Leeds Arena and people like, oh, I can't wait to see with that belt. It's a lovely belt. I can't wait to get a picture with, with that belt. But I'm thinking, I've got my Lindsay in front of me. The guy's dangerous. He's got a vicious left hook. I've still got to go out there and win. It's not a given. But then, over time, you 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 start to experience it and 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 learn from that experience and and use it for good. And I think I s- kind of got over that barrier when uh, when I beat Lee Selby, when I walked out, um, you know, twenty thousand at Ellen Road. Kind of like if I've got through that then I'm, I'm going to be able to get through anything. So uh, that's kind of using that pressure as a good thing. And uh, I've said it many times, they're like, in football terms, of a 12th man. They're like my, my 12th man, you know. People find pressure up it, and some, some say that you shouldn't rely on the crowd, but I don't know, man, when I'm, when I'm stood on that stage or just about to walk to the ring and I meet people's eyes and then they're screaming, Come on, Josh! And I'm seeing him then. It's like, I feed off that energy. And whilst I'm in the ring, I feed off the energy when they're screaming and shouting. You know, there used to be a time when I think I need to impress them, but they'll just be happy with the result. So just using that energy when you start getting tired, when you start getting a little bit fatigued, you feed off that energy for, for something good. And uh, unbelievable how they turned out in, um, against the rematch um, at Edinley. I'd just come off a knockout loss and there were 18,000 there. Unbelievable. And I'm forever indebted to them people who pay the rad and money to come along and support me. But um, that's where it pushes me to train harder and make sure I do the business. Great to hear from Josh Warrington. It really is. Look, if you want to see more of that interview, just head over to Talk Sports Boxing YouTube channel uh, where you can hear more uh, from Josh Warrington. Um, you know what I like about Josh, Gareth? And it's something we don't really see anymore just because of sort of the way the governing bodies work and international belts being flown around. He's done it the traditional way, hasn't he? You think of English champion, Commonwealth, British, European, then the international belts, then IABF champion. Like, there's been no shortcuts from Josh, and this isn't critiquing any of the boxers that get those shortcuts. Congratulations to you. But he's had to do it the hard way. And slowly but surely, 
he's got the fan base. It's not been manufactured or marked. It, it's come naturally to him. And I, I appreciate that because this isn't easy, this game. No, but uh, I think if you... You're right. He's an old school guy with old school values, and and he's got a brilliant team with his father Sean O'Hagan training him as well. He mentioned three fights there: Martin Lindsay. Well, he mentioned Dennis Tuberon first of all, mm. Tuberion. Um, then he mentioned Martin Lindsay, and he mentioned uh, I think was it? I'm, I'm sure it was Dennis Salan. But it, um, it was three fights there. I might have been actually walking out against Lee Selby. I think it was the Lee Selby out. one. At, yeah. Yeah. Ellen well, Road, you, you yeah. think about that. Yeah, they were all at Ellen Road, and. You know, he's built, oh, sorry, or the first direct arena. They're all in Leeds, okay? So, you know, I, I think this is something like his 10th fight in Leeds. And, and he's always developed a crowd. And, and you mentioned going to the TalkSport documentary YouTube channel. And but go and have a look at the documentary, Fighting for a City, about Josh's life as well. It's fascinating. And it was made four years ago. And his twins, twin daughters have just been born. His, his wife is gorgeous gorgeous person they're a gorgeous couple together um i love what they stand for and, and he's very old school as i say and i think you know we've also got to remember this is really important eddie no one took the belt off him he relinquished it yeah. he's not a defeated ibf featherweight champion he's trying to win back a belt here against a guy who's already beaten yes by majority decision over 12 rounds seven years ago um, or was it seven years ago? Was it really seven years ago? No, it was, was five it really? years it was five, ago. Yeah, five. No, it was five years ago. That that basically he he still believes himself as champion. So, but he's still got something to prove. And as he said, blessing and a curse. It, it's brilliant for him to walk out in that crowd. They are a twelfth man for him. And uh, I think he showed that in the second fight with Mauricio Lara. There's no fear about being going into. I mean, he was having a terrific fight till Lara was cut. Um, and it was a fascinating first couple of rounds. So um, I don't. I think he's got the wherewithal. He mentioned big punches there, didn't he, in that mm -hmm. preview? Um, he knows that Kiko has a big punch. He knows he brings it. He knows he's going to have to be smart, elusive, fight behind his jab. You know, everyone always said um, till he till he basically had that war with Carl uh, Frampton that he's not a puncher. Remember, he's got thirty wins, only seven by knockout. He's very much a boxer. And he's very much an engine guy. Once he gets into a rhythm and his engine is good, he's a phenomenal boxer. We still don't know yet whether he's elite level. We still want him to face some of the elite guys in the division. We have some of those guys at 126 pounds, but we want to see him in against Leo Santa Cruz. We want to see him in against Lee Wood. Um, and, you know, Emmanuel Navarrete, whenever he pops up again. But it's, it's, it's a great story and he's very, very much worth following and supporting you know kiko's his record's very very deceiving it's a it's a bit like someone like a, a gabe rosario where you look at the record and you think my god you've had like 14 defeats rosado but rosado's still a dangerous fighter for anyone at 160 or 168 and you think someone like kiko since he lost to josh has only lost to gary russell jr who at the time very very good still a very very good fighter mm. and he lost to zelfa barrett in a fight i actually thought he won Mm, so mm, like, you think of it really and you think, well, he's only lost to Gary Russell in between that loss to Josh Warrington. Look, he, look, he's he's for, I mean, you don't know, remember Rendell Monroe, but I, I covered do, Rendell the bin Monroe. Man. Hey, hey, I went on the bin round with him once at 5am in Leicester. The bin man, I, I remember him well. I, 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 with a massive reggae collection, <laughs> yes. I went to that, I went, I did, I did a 10 mile bin round with him at five in the morning in Leicester once. 
for for an article. And then we went with the boys for a big big fry up, big breakfast. It was an amazing. Oh, it was really snowing. It was icy everywhere. I was slipping all over the shop, and he was sprinting between bins. How right? fit was he, by the way? Hey, His physique. There you go. He, do you oh. know what? He's, no, do you know? I was exhausted after the bin <laughs> yes, round. I finished imagine. about eight eight a.m. Right. We had a big breakfast. Rendell had like two eggs on toast and a big mug of tea. And he said, right, I'm going to go and listen to some reggae now. And then he said, and then I'm going for a 10-mile run before I go to reggae. That was like, Rendell. But, but that was Rendell. Like, he lost twice to Rendell. You look at his, look at who else he fought, yeah? Um, you know, Carl Frampton. Yes, he lost to Carl in, in uh, Belfast. I was there that night. It was an amazing night. Um, and, and, you know, fought Frampton again. In the Titanic quarter, fought him twice. Scott Quigg, um, the two fights with Leo Santa Cruz. Now it's two fights with uh, uh, with uh, Josh Warrington, Gary Russell Jr. As you say, I mean, you know, Kid Galahad, who he's just beaten. He's he's had an incredible record, and that's what I was saying just now. He's been fighting uh, at you know world level all the way back. Um, well, he he retained the European super bantamweight title back in 2012 and then he was up to world level so it's 10 years he's been at world level he is not a man the spaniard to underestimate no no he certainly isn't should be an absolutely fantastic fight uh who are, we, who are we picking by the I, way I'm, I'm happy are we gonna i wasn't gonna fence it on this one i'm going for josh to win on points i think he's gonna have to go through some to get the decision here but i think josh on points and the carrot being dangled obviously is lee wood a fight at Ellen Road or the City Ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you going? I'd for? go Ellen Road. I'd, I, well, I'd go Ellen Road. Um, I'm going to pick two fights here. Go on. Um, I, I think Warrington's going to have to go to the wire to win this fight, mm. but he may just shock us all and 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 coast it. But I think he might have to go down in this fight at some point. Kiko is is no fool, as we know. Mm. I think Josh. I think it's a good bet. Josh wins it on points, and then Lee Wood against Josh. I think will end up as two fights. And I think it, I think both fights will be amazing. Josh Warrington's engine against Lee Wood's imperturbability and ability to go the late rounds. Um, a phenomenal fight. And I think Lee Wood just edges that one. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. One thing we do know is we've got so many good featherweight fights coming up in the next yeah. year or so because there are so many good fighters, not just here, but everywhere. You think of Mark McSayo, Leo Santa Cruz you mentioned as well, Navarrete. We don't know what's going to happen with Gary Russell Jr., Loads of good options for both men if, obviously, they win. Look, don't miss the full and exclusive interview with Josh Warrington. The interview goes live tomorrow on TalkSport's brand-new boxing YouTube channel where the Leeds fighter discusses this weekend's fight with Cuco Martinez, a potential unification fight with the man we just mentioned, Lee Wood, and pays tribute as well to former Leeds manager Marcelo Bielsa. Big Fight Roundup on TalkSport 2 with The Zone. Stream Kiko Martinez versus Josh Warrington live. Plus weekly fights and more with DAZN.com. All right, that was a look ahead to this weekend's action in partnership with The Zone. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere on DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be discussing UFC London on the weekend. But up next, we're going to hear from Joshua Boatsy, who I spoke with a bit earlier today. guys that are basically i think joshua bratzi's number two in the world richards is top five they're all sitting there at the moment looking at fighting for the world title somehow a trainer or a manager or an advisor don't like him or we don't want to give him the opportunity he's a good fighter i think went 12 with bivol so good fighter hasn't been stopped before he's, he's got good wins you know me you can't get me to say a bad about my opponent that's one thing i do know 
Yeah, big fight announced May 21st in London. Venue not announced yet, which is very, very interesting, but it will go down in London. Two South London boys. Uh, Joshua Boetsy on the cusp of a world title fight. Um, everyone thinks he should have had one already, really, coming out of the 2016 Olympic Games. He takes on Craig Richards, who's had his own world title fight. Let's not forget against Dimitri Bivol. Wants another one. Beats Joshua Boatsy, puts himself in a position where he gets another one. I was at the press conference today. I also done a bit of a face-off between the two as well. And I caught up with Joshua Boatsy. This is what he had to say. Josh, um, we've just done the face-off between you and Craig Richards. Yeah. Um, what was that like? First time I've done it, so it was something different. But again, mainly... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I feel his points was how things have been... Um, the narrative of things, but again, it's all good. He's, there's a lot of they said, he said that, I don't care about that. We have a fight on May 21st and that's what matters. But it was an, an, as, as, uh, it was an experience for me, first time doing it. Um, and yeah, like, the talking really is done now. Next time I see Spider, we'll be on fight week, a few more days and then we'll fight. Strange, because I've always thought about you and light heavies in this country, and there's some light heavies that I'm like, okay, there's going to be animosity. Yeah. It's going to go. I've never thought of you in... Craig Richards with any sort of anger or anything towards him. It felt, though, at times where the tension kind tension of rose builds. a bit. Yeah, yeah, the tension was building and it builds. But I think, like you said, it's mainly because now we know that we are going to fight. We're not saying, oh, we could possibly fight. Mm. If I could, if I'm not sure about fighting someone or whether it's been made, I'm going to stay, I'll say cool to you, all of that. But once we know there's a date locked in, the dynamics will change. It's only natural. The winner of this is the number one light heavyweight in the country. I know you think you're the light number one already. And you very well, you might well be that, but the winner definitely is the number one light heavy in the country. They could say that, but I'll be honest, bro. It's like, have I boxed Yard? Have I boxed Linden? Have I boxed 
Smith and all of that. So the argue it's going to be an ongoing argument unless someone, like I said, comes with a title that separates themselves. Do you want to fight those guys though? Like realistically, you're in a position where if you win this, it's world title on his next. Yeah. But then up, some people are going to be saying, "Oh, yard, we want to see that fight. We want to see Callum Johnson." Do you want those fights? We want those fights, but again, the 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 risk and the reward has to match. If it matches, then we say, "Cool, let's make it happen." Mm. What happens now? What, Ten weeks out, what do you do? Warm weather training, disappear yeah. for a little while. Bro, I fly out to the states tomorrow morning first thing, and that'll be me off grid, ghosting, making sure I do what I have to do. Um, I've got a game opponent, someone that's coming to fight, someone that wants to win, someone that most importantly feels he has to prove something, makes him a dangerous man. So I'll be ready. Good luck, should be a good one. Appreciate that, thanks, man. Yeah, look, I do think it will be a good order as well. So that was me speaking to Joshua Boy. It's a bit earlier, um, just after the face-off. And Gareth, I... I didn't expect the face-off to get as heated as it got between Craig Richards and Joshua Boat. See, look, we'll be able to see that face-off, I think, in a couple of weeks, maybe in the lead-up to the fight. But it got really heated between them two. Um, I, I saw a different side of Josh. I, I normally see Josh as a very calm, very calculated fighter that gets in the ring and does his talking. But he was prepared to talk. And I, I wonder if that is a bit of um, the, Virg the, sorry, the, the Virgil Hunter coming out in him where it's like, OK, no, 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 we're not going to accept this now. People are saying you're doing this and doing that. You've got to fight your corner a little bit more. Yeah, look, um, he calls himself just business. Yes, um, he does. <laughs> and, and I think, look, there's a lot at stake here for both men. Never mind spiders. This is snakes and ladders time. Yeah, I like Remember that. Remember the old I game? Like that. <laughs> I like if, that. Well, if you win, you go right up the ladder. <laughs> if you fall. lose, you slip down the snake. That's because people are going to be saying, well, you know, that guy. And, and then if Joshua Boatsy loses, he can be avoided. We haven't focused perhaps enough on Craig Richards. And... Mm. You know, the, 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 as you say, I will say this about Boatsy. You know, we say that his progress has been slow, but he's TKO'd or KO'd his last 10 opponents, yeah? yeah. And, you know, they're not big names, but they're people who've given him different sorts of problems. Mm. Say, Craig Richards, I was there that night that Richards fought Dimitri Bivol, and he put up a fine performance. He lacked experience in that fight. Maybe Bivol didn't go into his final gear. And of course, maybe, maybe. I think that's the first maybe, statement, yeah. yeah. But, but Dimitri Bevel, uh, it was, but it was still a good performance. And Craig Richards knew he had more to give. Um, and I remember speaking to him afterwards. I remember his mother sitting next to me and being wild for him, you know. And, you know, the, the thing is, we can expect some animosity. They, you know, when, when, a, when a, a British light heavyweight has six other rivals who are all saying they're the number one, like you, it was nice that you pressed them him there on on who's the number one in the division the one that wins this fight like he said and i think he's very accurate you know very this is going to be a long debate an ongoing argument um and you know who will make it to world level will any of them make it to elite level risk and reward he's right if as what i was saying earlier about him and anthony yard it's a big fight it's build up well one of them needs a world title it needs a world title estate that's why it's risk and reward, reward. and there's no big title on the line here so it's a massive risk and a massive reward for the winner yeah it should be an absolutely cracking fight and again like we said at the top of the show let's hope the other the heavies can start to mix it with each other as well eddie hearn was on Talksport a bit earlier and he spoke about uh, joshua versus Usyk and whether or not that oh, let me do it correctly actually Usyk versus joshua champion mm -hmm. first <laughs> and he spoke yeah and he spoke about whether or not that fight will happen let's listen to what eddie hearn had to say the only fight that aj wants right now is Alexander Usyk. You know, since he lost at Spurs, it's been on his mind, wants to try and win his belts back, wants to try and, and, and correct the defeat. 
last week or maybe 10 days ago, I spoke to Alex Krasik and Team Usyk and things honestly didn't sound great. Usyk's in Ukraine. I felt that actually he wouldn't be ready to fight by the end of June. Then I felt that Alexander Usyk actually was going to take the fight. This was probably three or four days ago because they talked about where they could start camp and stuff like that. Then Vasily Lomachenko came out last night and said, I'm not fighting. They're like that. You know, they're, they're so close, the pair of them. It, it would be unusual for one to go one way. And one. So you don't get many chances to fight for the heavyweight world title. And AJ just wants that. But he also needs to fight. So we've said to Team Usyk, look, if you need more time, September, October, whatever, we'll, we'll delay it. We'll give you more time. But we want to fight in June. Mm, interesting. Uh, the, the date keeps getting moved. And uh, look, rightly now we understand. Obviously, Usyk and the situation going on in Ukraine. So rightly so, moved the date. But even prior to that situation in Ukraine, the date kept on getting moved. Um, what do you know, Gareth? A date there has been mentioned as June. At the top of the show, you said you don't think that date's going to be fulfilled. What can you tell us? Well, I mean, I was talking about June the fifth. Obviously, okay, that's sorry, yeah. um, Lomachenko. I know I got that wrong. Um, the Lomachenko and Cambosos uh, and and Cambosos, George Cambosos isn't going ahead in the Marvel uh, Arena in uh, in Melbourne. We expect it now to be Devin Haney, who of course is Eddie Hearn's guy, so he doesn't mind. Um, <laughs> but um, in front of sixty thousand fans, he's not going to complain, is he? No, of course he isn't, and um, that's not a bad thing. Haney should have taken that fight before anyway. He's dithered and dathered. And uh, Bob Aaron pulled up Lomachenko. Look, Lomachenko... Can I, can I quickly, just before you go on there, can I you see that being an undisputed fight? And it will be, obviously, undisputed. All the, all the marbles, et cetera, et cetera. Normally, for me, when there's an undisputed fight, like, that, that person's the number one in the division. I, I, I don't know what it is about Cambosos and, and, and Haney, and I like both of them. But with Loma and Javante around, I still can't... I can't give them the crown of being the number one. Am I wrong? No, they all need to fight each other. Yeah. We don't know who the... It needs to play out yet. The era mm. needs to play out for, for us to decide the number one. Teofimo Lopez was phenomenal with victories against Lomachenko, against Richard Comey. He elevated himself to the number one in the division. Then he got done, didn't he, by George Cambosos in a, a fundamentally brilliant performance. And I think, you know, he's he's claimed that crown. I think... If, if if and people consider him to be the number one at the moment in a certain way, but Haney has a right to a quarter of the title. Yeah. Um. And you know he's got to beat Haney. Um. And then I think Lomachenko fights him later in the year. Tiafimo Lopez is moving up a division. But the, the the weird thing is, of course, he was considered uh, the champion. Uh, Lomachenko's claim to the belts hold, held by um, Cambosos, I believe, is being the mandatory for the WBO at the moment, something yes. like that, I think it is, yeah. Um, so, look, it, it's a shame uh, in some ways that uh, Lomachenko didn't take the fight, but I think what I'm saying on the other side of that is, you know, he's turned down a multi-million US dollar undisputed world title fight with Cambosos to remain in the territorial defence force in Belgorod, Donovsky. Yeah. And I think you can only admire... The fact that he still believes, as, as all men between the age, I think, of 18 and 60 at the moment, there's martial law in Ukraine, and they do still have national service there. And, and if they're fit, they, they're expected to serve, to do active mm. service. And you can only admire him. He will be a bigger name afterwards. I don't think... Bob Arum mentioned something like a couple of days ago that, that, the, um, that Alexander uh, Takshenko, uh, the, the country's Minister of Culture, was prepared to let Usyk 
and Lomachenko go into training camp and leave the country to have these fights. Aram said it might help the morale of the country. I'm not sure about that, that people want to turn on their TV while they're being bombed and watch a boxing match. I'm no, not sure no about chance. that myself. No there, there's bigger things to worry about. Where you're getting fresh water, your supplies, your family, the, the, the horrific bloodshed going on around you. You know, I've, I've got um, alerts popping up on my laptop and my phone all the time. Um, I'm, I'm due to interview the Klitschko's by Skype on Thursday at the moment. Wow. Um, and I can't wait to speak to them. And, you know, it's... it's Is there um, a danger, Gareth, yeah, if yeah. they agree that AJ... Us I keep doing this wrong. Usyk AJ fight. If they agree it and they say, OK, look, here's a date. It's in June. We're going to go ahead. And Usyk leaves the country. And the situation worsens in Ukraine, which, look, fingers crossed it doesn't, but can. It could happen. And then the fight has to be cancelled again. Why don't they just have an interim fight? Like, Absolutely. Completely agree with yeah. you. I, I think I think Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua are unrealistic at the moment. Ridiculously about the unrealistic. Fighting news. I think so. And, you know, it's promoter speak, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, um, Anthony Joshua has kept his counsel, maybe wisely not discussing, you know, the admiration for Usyk and those things. I'm sure he does deep down feel a great admiration what Alexander Usyk is doing right now, and probably in a certain way, in a selfish way, and there's nothing wrong with this selfishness, kind of lamenting the fact he can't have this fight. And it's six months now since they fought, remember, September the 25th at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on a, on a night when he got undone by brilliant boxing skills. And he will want to right that wrong or have the opportunity to do so. But right now is not the right time. There are bigger things in a boxing match, in my view. And Alexander Usyk's mind is on protecting his family. Imagine that feeling, Eddie, mm -hmm. of saying to your family, right, I don't know exactly where his family is or are, but saying, right, I'm going into camp now and I'm leaving for 10 days to do a fight in the UK. Doesn't, it just doesn't. It's not going to work. I, I wouldn't, not, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'd be there with my family. Yeah, I would not be doing it. For him to go there to want to defend his country, he's not going to come back to fight Anthony Joshua. It's just it's not you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave your family there. Yeah. Why would you leave your family? You would not want to do that. You would not feel right about it. And you probably don't want to move your family out of there with you either. There's, there's lots of nuance here that, I'm sorry, I don't think a boxing match trumps um, fighting for your country. Agreed, agreed. Well said, Gareth. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Up next, we're going to be switching our focus to UFC London and all the action from the Octagon on the weekend. <laughs> By submission due to a rear naked choke, Patty the Patty Pembla. I hope I do end up earning as much money as Conor McGregor lot. Then no, no child in my city will ever eat from a food bank ever again. <laughs> Yeah, CFC London uh, was last weekend. Went down very, very well as well. Everyone's saying it's the best UFC event they've seen outside um, of America and obviously of Brazil, which had numerous good events. But Dana White, who speaks a lot after events, did say it's the best fight night they've ever had, which is um, hyperbole, isn't it, really, from Dana White? Uh, Gareth, um, it was a great night as well. Crowned, obviously, in the end by Tom Aspinall getting that win against Alexander Volkov. Um, it could be, might be a title fight for him next. Might be an interim title fight. And I hate those things, but it might be with Francis Ngannou on, on, on sort of on the mend, having done surgery on his knees. Uh, it could be a long time we see, before we see Ngannou back in the ring or the octagon. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's worth saying that of the 12 fights on Saturday night, there were nine finishes. I think there were, what? how many submissions were there? One, two, three, four submissions. Um, technical, sorry, 
five with with the anaconda on anaconda choke uh Makwani Amikani against Mike Grundy and four knockouts. So, bad, you know, it was it? it was a brilliant night. And um, honestly, you go through it all. Molly McCann's uh, spinning back elbow to knock out Luana Carolina was absolutely stunning and a blast out of nowhere. And that really is one of the knockouts of the year so far in in any mixed martial arts. It's absolutely brilliant. We'll be talking about that knockout all year. She's a fantastic flyweight fighter. Good energy with as a well. Phenom- Good energy. Oh, amazing narrative. Brilliant woman. Um, absolutely lifeblood of MMA. Um, love to see Gunnar Nelson get his decision against Takashi Sato. And then the three at the top, you know, Paddy Pimlet pulling off a brilliant first round submission. So confident, Paddy. Such a great character. The fifth Beatle, you know, rear naked choke <laughs> submission of Kazula Vargas. Arnold Allen taking it to Dan Hooker. Oh, what a way to take it to him as well. Oh. And, and this is a guy... Even though Michael Chandler came over from Bellator to the UFC and knocked Dan Hooker out and really made a name for himself, himself, what a brilliant, brilliant performance by Arnold Allen. As I said at the top of the show, he's featherweight, not lightweight, of course. And, uh, you know, he, he, he really is a contender. Um, and then, you know, like we, we wax lyrical on Tom Aspinall, defeating Alexander Volkov and putting himself, you know, submission by, by um, was it straight arm bar? You know, three minutes, 45 seconds into the first round. No fear. Uh, carried it all. Didn't show any tena- uh, any 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 semblance of, of concern. Mm. Uh, utter tenacity. And he's signaled that he is a guy that can carry an event. I mean, and they put him on the top of the card. He's not the most experienced there in the UFC of all those fighters. I mean, God, Paddy Pimler only had his second UFC fight. Yeah. And the way he dances with, with his you know, with broadening his thighs and shaking his snake hips. I love it. I absolutely love it. He milked Molly and, and, and Paddy absolutely milked the crowd on, on the night. And Tom Aspinall is a great stand-up guy. Uh, and I don't mean punching and striking and kicking. I mean, he's just a stand-up heavyweight. We, we've got it all to look forward to. It's brilliant. You know, you know, we've seen sort of guys come into the UFC over the last sort of 10, 15 years, exciting, get the crowd going. Obviously, Connor's the one that stands out more than anyone because no one could literally just carry a crowd like Connor. Um, Connor had it, though, didn't he? Connor had that X factor, not just in terms of being able to sell a fight. He's fighting ability. Um, not much ground game, but st- striking, not many better. When you see Paddy, and I know this is still very early with Paddy's UFC career, do you see a star there that not just can sell fights, but eventually can go on and have him win the big ones? Well, he's so likable. That's the thing about him. You know, he's a freaky kind of loony fighter, isn't he? But with incredible self-confidence and just just a happiness about him that he's doing what he loves. He's been mm. doing it since he was 15. I think it's 12 years now or 10 years. And, and you know, it, I think, like I said, like, you know, look at the event. Dana White gave out nine performances of the night. <laughs> nine 50 grand bonuses, American dollars, that is. And, you know... It was to celebrate the fact, I think I said it's Jeff four years. Tax on those. I, I, I don't know because I've never got a fight night bonus, but I'm <laughs> yeah, waiting you for You know mine. everything though, Gav. <laughs> I'm sure they do have to bet. Well, I, look, the, the, uh, this is what I'll say. The, the, the commission, the sports commission that oversees it is out of Las Vegas, isn't it? It's an ad hoc commission overseen by Mark Ratner, yeah. who was yeah. formerly the head of the uh, boxing commission in Nevada, in Las Vegas, of course. And yeah, I imagine they pay tax in America, but... Look, it's, it's, the funny thing is, um, 
I don't remember Dana White handing out nine bonuses Never. before, but no he's chance. come yeah. and he's been absolutely blown away. And we can thank the crowd for this. I, I penned a piece for the BBC last week um, about the 25. There have been 25 UFC events, Addy, in, in the UK, and I've been to many of them. And, you know, there was a time when they were bringing the Chuck Liddells and the Randy Couture's here and the Sexy Yamas and bringing fighters here, Dan Henderson for mm. here. Oh, and oh, he certainly fought in Ireland. And only fought Bisping, of course. Yeah, the event started at midnight, you know, because it was pay-per-view in America. We got we walked out of the arena after Henderson Bisping, almost a repeat of their first fight at UFC 100 in Las Vegas, where Dan was hunting with that big right hand. We left the arena at 6 a.m. when the fights were over, into the daylight. It was amazing. Um, look, it's, I'd say, a golden generation is coming up right now. They're, they're not fully formed, but they... I think what happens when you're when you're marketable, it's it's a very much a Machiavellian society, the UFC in many ways. It's predicated on a pay-per-view model. And when yeah. you market yourself very well, you get the reward for it. You can grow very quickly. Snakes and ladders comes into mind here again. Um, you go you can go up the ladder very quickly, you can slide down the snake very quickly. And if you're one of the people that draws a great crowd and you really perform and, and people can identify with you as a tribe you've got massive opportunities with them because they are huge marketing machines. Is there enough, final question here, Gareth, is there enough in Tom Aspinall, in a Paddy Pimlet, in a Molly McCann, in an Arnold Allen, to have fights now over here regularly on pay-per-view, so not a fight night event, on a pay-per-view platform over here? The combination of them, I think, yes. Mm. Um, no one's emerged as the standout person in that group yet. Um, I think Aspinall and Pimlet and McCann all uh, rose their stock. Their stock definitely rose on Saturday. What night. about if you add stock. another European to it, a, a Hamzat, for example? Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, he, he, he's a shark for anyone. <laughs> but, but yes, but, you know, the thing is, it's all about time zones with the UFC. It's all about attracting the big American market. Um, weirdly, years ago, and it's uh, boxing always used to be about going to America and conquering America as well as Europe. Mm. And I think it's even more so in the UFC now and, and in MMA because there's a big market in America because a lot of the overseas fighters are happy to come here to fight so it's fascinating really those guys have all got it anyway they've all got the x factor and we're seeing that x go from small to capital x i like it you've got the x factor as well gareth you really have that's it for this week thank you so much for downloading our fight night extra remember we're back every single tuesday for more great content and if you miss us make sure you subscribe to fight night to catch up on all our other episodes 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 